This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. And I say, hey, what a wonderful kind of day. If you could learn to work and play, and get along with each other. Welcome everybody to Wednesday War Games episode 12, the final episode of 2019, because Liam, guess what? NXT is an episode next week, but I sure as hell aren't doing a Stevens Day podcast for taped NXT matches. What? We're starting the podcast telling you there will be no podcast next week. I figure, because there's, like, they're, I'm not sure what they're doing on New Year's, but they probably have some tape matches as well. So AEW will have a full show on New Year's, so if there's anything relevant from NXT, we'll talk about it on New Year's. And we'll do end-of-year awards, Liam, which is what everybody wants. We'll declare winners of the Wednesday War Games. There will be one winner, and only one, except for all the others that win the, like, secondary awards. They will also win awards, but there will be one that will win the true award, and that award is Best Show. Yeah, it's we, we, we haven't worked that out yet. We don't know what those awards will be. We have not discussed it for a second. This is this is literally the production meeting. I hit record in the podcast. It's like, hey, Liam, let's talk about what we're doing over Christmas. Because uh, podcasts. We are professional, as I say, drinking water. Yeah, it, it, there's times where, like, my problem is you, you, you screw the cap on and off. And I'm like, <laughs> I have I have to edit it out every time. Cause it's Just like, leave it in. It's authentic. No, it's not. No one wants to hear that. Uh, everyone, please post in the Discord if you would like to hear more screwing of lids. Yeah, so so if you've ever heard the lids being removed from bottle caps, that's Liam being a, a very inconsiderate podcast host. Listen, I live my life to the fullest, and if you can't keep up, that's your own damn fault. Because I do usually try to edit it out, but there are times where you, you literally start screwing it as you start talking, and I'm like, I can't take that out, Liam, because I, I, then I, I, well, realistically, I could just edit you out of the podcast, but I guess, nah, I probably shouldn't do that. I'm just being authentically me. Mm, warts and all. Mm. And if you can't accept me for me, I don't know, go, don't listen to the podcast. <laughs> Perhaps some would say exclusively warts oh all right that's just <laughs> bullying you excited for christmas lamb not really i'm not a child christmas is a time of wonder and glee and happiness and joy uh, that is universally i'm not just for children it is a time for heat and sweat and me hating my job you do hate it's so warm for your christmas that's but no that's not how christmas is let me find out how hot it will be on christmas day I was very intrigued during the week about your, your depiction of Christmas in Australian culture, because obviously Christmas happens during the summer in your bizarro land. So I was like, are you like super jealous of all the things that depict Christmas as a snowy winter wonderland when you don't have winter wonderlands? Not really, but I am confused. I was confused by it when I was a kid. I was like, why? The f- why? There's no snow. What, the- what are you talking about? Internet and TV. When you do like Christmas villages and people visit Santa, is there like snow there? Yes, actually, there is. No, like depictions of snow. That's <laughs> it's funny sons of bitches. There's no snow in your country. It'll be 37 degrees Celsius on Christmas Day or 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit. That is wholly unnecessary. And that's like a fairly cool day compared to the days <laughs> we're having now. <laughs> As you mentioned to me during the week, you're in road melting weather. No, oh, well, most of summer is road melting weather here. Like, it's midnight now and it's 33, so it'll only be 5 degrees more than midnight of now. That's that's unbearable. It won't be 33 degrees here all year. At the peak of summer, it won't be 33 degrees here. Oh, oh, what can I say? Cowardice. This is why you have to live in a land of moderate temperatures. There, there is no highs, there is no lows, there is no earthquakes, there is occasional hurricanes, but not that often. And we get snow every, like, three years. It's the perfect climate. I don't have hurricanes or earthquakes. Until until global warming makes us all warm. <laughs> I just have the country on fire. That's, yeah, yeah, forest fires are, are, are less than ideal. Bushfire. Sure, it's the same thing. Nope. NXT and AEW, we have two wrestling shows Speaking to talk about. Speaking of a fire show! 
Uh, get out of here, Maro, you stupid. <laughs> Uh, last last week, uh, that show on the other one, NXT, there we go, that's the name of the wrestling show, uh, picked up a, a a thorough victory, so this week, actually no, it wasn't thorough, I, I, I was it was more of a begrudging victory on my end, <laughs> so we will be talking about uh, NXT first and then AEW second. Uh, Liam, how do you feel about NXT this week? As a whole? We're just going to give away the whole shebang? Yes. It was pretty good, but not great. <laughs> we open the show with Adam Cole against Finn Balor for the NXT Heavyweight Championship of the World. The Bullet Club explodes, Liam. The Bullet Club implodes. The Bullet Club, uh, it's like time travel. Uh, I believe you mean that that club from the Land of the Rising Sun. The the Ark, or the, the original club, or the OGs, I think they were called. The only wallet. club that matters. That's uh, the worst. Uh, Adam Cole retained the title after, as I, I mentioned last week, shortly John Boy returns this week, and John Boy did in fact return this week. Johnny Gargano distracted Finn Balor. Then uh, Adam Cole hit a low blow, which prompted Mauro. Okay. Holy... <laughs> Holy Johnny Wrestling Batman, and on the anniversary of the release of The Nutcracker, Adam Cole with his own version of The Nutcracker. In your world title match. The finish of the world title match, in which frickin' Adam Cole... Cheats to win, and Johnny Gargano returns. Mauro's getting his shit in. I, I, just, I think I'm beaten down so much by Mauro that I no longer have the ability to feel hatred towards him. And also, like, literally right after the match, he was like, Adam Cole with another hard-fought title defense. He cheated after a distraction. Like, I think he literally said something along the lines of, like, now ah, we've got to get to the real story that it's Adam Cole won. Yeah, it's like, he cheated. He didn't win fair and square. He cheated so blatantly. Mm. Cole, an avid gamer, also an expert in mind games, and let's face it, that mind for strategy has made him the leader of his League of Legends, the Undisputed Era. I hate that. The Irishman's first NXT title reign lasted about as long as the movie <laughs> The Irishman, and a man whose skill set is as unique as a set of fingerprints, and you know he wants to put his fingerprints all over the NXT Championship one more time. That quote was edited for brevity. <laughs> that was truly an awful one because it lasted for like 30 seconds. <sighs> There's like, uh, it's weird. Like, I only have. No, wait, I have another one. Johnny Gargano beat up Finn Balor with a chair. At the, at the end of the match. <laughs> and Nigel said, you know what they say about payback? Then Barrow, it's a chair! Yeah, there was like a three or four second pause. It's a chair! <laughs> I am the, that should be the new I am the table if there's ever a chair-based yeah. watch. It's a chair! I'm, I'm out of Barrow quotes. Because there, there, was like, there was like a running Star Wars one in the main event. But other than that... Uh, he seems to really front-load them. He really does seem to be like, first match, I'm going to get all my shit in. We probably should talk about said match. I guess we should. I thought it was a very good wrestling match. I thought it was long at the start, and I was like, oh, these guys. Why don't they just start doing things? But then they started doing things, and it got pretty darn good. Yeah, I, I thought I had a nice little build-up to the action. I, did, I thought it was pretty good. I did think, I made note of, like, it's very weird to see Balor take offense in NXT because he feels like a much bigger star than everyone else in the company. He does, and it's it's weird because I, I don't think I particularly enjoyed him in NXT so far. This is, I think, far and away his best match. Yes. The the Riddle match at, at War Games was pretty good, but not great, and I think this was the first time I was like, oh, this is, this is Finn Balor having a great wrestling match on NXT. Do you think it's just the main roster perception that makes him seem like a bigger star? Yes. Just the fact that we've seen him in front of big buildings for the last four years or whatever. As much as you could dismiss what the main roster is, and as much as you can, uh, I think, have a very deep dive in how to how the main roster somehow makes people seem like smaller stars than they actually are, or than they are elsewhere, the exposure people get on the main roster makes them bigger stars, just by like sheer force of numbers. Because like 2 million people watch Raw every week, 800,000 people watch NXT every week. Everyone on the main roster is a bigger star than everybody on NXT. Just by sheer force of numbers. Just by that extra 1.2 million people that watch the other show. It's also just in the way that Bella carries himself. He feels like a bigger star than Cole. To me, at least. In this match, it was very prevalent. He's the real Bullet Club, Ace Liam. Yeah, shut up, Kenneth. Yeah, get out of here, Jay White. 
and AJ, I guess. Mm. So Cole retains, and Gargano and Balor is back on on track, I guess. Gargano's yeah. been gone for three months. <laughs> I like the match, but it was kind of just like moves. But like moves are cool. Yeah, this was one of the moves matches that, as I said, it got there in the end. By the end of this match, I was like, "This is really good," yeah. as opposed to the start of this match, in which this is a little ball, a little dull. Like this might have been my favorite match on the card. Uh, on this NXT episode of NXT. Yeah. Yeah, but I just definitely. don't have anything like to really to say about it. It's kind of mm-hmm. like with the um, the Riddle Cole match, where it's like, <laughs> what do I have to say? It was a PWG match, but P- PWG matches are cool, so... We then move on to a match that viscerally upset me when I saw it was happening. <laughs> I get sad. I'm sli- I'm sick of it, Leo. I never want to see these three human beings ever come near wrestling each other again. I don't know why they're still wrestling each other. They had a blow-off at that freaking Survivor Series, or the, week, the war games that led to a Survivor Series title shot. And, like, Killian Dane and Damian Priest are still wrestling each other. And this match was, like, 15 years long. And I was just like, no. It was. I'm sure the match was good. I could not possibly care about it. It was a match designed to make me switch the channel. Yeah, and I was like, oh no, oh no, like, I, I think I, I DM'd you at the time, it's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I like, the only positive that's come out of this is that now that we've seen what's been booked for next week, mm-hmm. I don't know how the tapings are working, but whatever's been booked is like, Dana's moved away from Priest now, like, we're good, we're done, no more, this is the end. We already had like two weeks. Like, just why are they still doing this after war games? It's so annoying. I don't. Their matches are never ribs. good. I don't care. I hate it. Mario says during this match not to forget the stakes, but I don't know what the stakes of this match were. Uh, there is none. There's been. That's the problem with all of these matches between all of these people. They're losers having matches for no reason, and everyone comes out looking like a loser. Mara also said that these two men hate each other like dogs hate vacuum cleaners. Oh, I, yeah, I do remember that one. Oh. <laughs> I didn't even write that down. That's how much they remember. I just remembered that. I, th- I thought dogs kind of like v- vacuum cleaners. They, like, chase them and bark at them. That's, like, affection. I don't think you know what affectionate animals are. Mm, I don't have affection for animals. That's the problem. A true soulless man. What Do you, do you call vacuum cleaners vacuum cleaners in Australia? Yes. Uh, we, we called them Hoovers because there was a very prominent vacuum cleaner brand called the Hoover. And it overtook the word vacuum cleaner in this country. So a real Kleenex Hoover. situation. Yes, it's a, it's a Kleenex situation. It's a Tipex situation. It's a Coke situation. What's a Tipex? Uh, Tipex. Tipex. Do you not have Tipex down there? I don't know what Tipex is. It's like the white eraser fluid that you use on pens. Okay, what yeah, an odd thing yeah, there's <laughs> to just, just like a... refer to as a brand. Yeah, it's, there's only one real brand anybody used, so it became known as Tipex. It's a sellotape. Sellotape's probably the most famous example. If, yeah, it kind of blew my mind. I've never really thought about the name of just eraser tape. Yeah, it's, it's sticky tape. This is the content people come for. Yeah, brands. This is the brand supremacy that NXT wants us to discuss, but we'll have to get to that <laughs> in two matches. <laughs> Yeah, I never want to see Damien Priest and Killian Dane wrestle again. I maybe I even don't even want to Killian see Killian Dane ever again. <laughs> <laughs> like, the voices of wrestling Twitter put out a thing of like, well, I just, like, where they're like, oh, I don't get Killian Dane. And I responded with, it's just, there's nothing to not get. He's just a boring wrestler. I think he'd probably be a good tag team wrestler. He was a good tag team wrestler, but then they made him this. Yeah, put him in a tag team. Let him have fun tag who, matches. Who do you put him with? Dijakovic. <laughs> No, don't lower Dijakovic to Dane. Um, Bronson Reed. Oh, I don't even bother to lower Bronson Reed to Killian Dane. Big cost tag team. Let's just get rid of Killian Dane. Yeah, Big Damo was pretty good. Remember when he nearly killed Nakamura? Yeah, that ruled. I was, I was at that show and like he dropped Nakamura in his head. And it's like, yeah, you go, Big Damo. You kill Nakamura. A representative of you. Hmm. Uh, Cameron Grimes. Oh no! First of all, the Dusty Rhodes Classic is coming back next year, which yes. is shut up, Cody. Got <laughs> you. It's sure a weird thing to see them promote a Dusty Rhodes Classic head to head with Cody Rhodes Wrestling Company, but yeah. The announce like the announcement of the teams head to head with Cody versus Darby. Yeah, they're gonna take down AEW on New Year's Day. We also had a fun flag watch. Oh, who got a flag? Was it Kushida? Did, it, Did Kushida get a flag? It was Kushida. Kushida had a flag. 
What was it? Um, it was it's like his name in red. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you know his Titantron, the way it spells his name, it was kind of like that, but red. You, Not an impressive you're su- flag. You're supposed to tweet the flags, Liam. I do, I didn't want to tweet it because I was unsure if I had mentioned Kushida's flag before. I don't believe you have. Well, ch- shit. <laughs> I've let us all down. I've let the flag community down. Well, you mentioned it now. It's, it's, it's clearly you were saving it for when he had a bigger match. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll save it for the next flag time. The next um, time Kushida's flag shows up. Uh, that led us into Cameron Grimes versus Kushida in a match for Cameron Grimes' hat, I guess. Hmm. Did, did Cameron Grimes win his hat back at the end? I suppose he did. By the way, I was giving out last week that Mendoza beat Grimes, Kushida beat Grimes, then Grimes beats Kushida, and guess what happens, Liam? Nobody gets over. And guess what happened here? Grimes beat Kushida. So everyone loses in this stupid show. And and Mario, like, sold it as if this was some giant upset. And it's like, wait, is Kushida supposed to be, like, higher up on the card than Grimes? Because he doesn't feel like it. Kushida has never really been pushed on this show. Like, he had a match against Walter, but he also lost that match against Walter. Yeah, it's not, and it wasn't like it was a title match or anything. It was nothing. Yeah, it's like... Uh, I, do, I do think Maro loves Kushida because it lets him reference as many Japanese wrestlers as he can possibly Sakuraba! Yeah, he was like Sakuraba, and he referenced Tiger Mask at some stage, and there was like two other people. And Dynamite Kid. Yeah, he's, he's throwing out Japanese references left, right, and center. Tajiri, he mentioned Tajiri because of the handspring elbow. He, he, threw, he threw out, I think, at least like four or five names of Japanese wrestlers during this match just for the sake of throwing out names of Japanese wrestlers. Hey, Mara, if you want to say Japanese wrestling names so badly, just leave the company. Mm. You like this match? Um, I described it as a lot of moves that happened, but did any of it really matter? Yeah, I was kind of the same. I've seen people like this match, and I'm just like, it was, like, again, it's one of those matches I cannot objectively call bad. Yeah. But it's one of those matches I just didn't really have any interest in, probably because it's a feud over a hat, and all of the people <laughs> in the feud are losers. Yeah, it's, it's like one of those matches where it's just like, again, cool things happened on my screen, but I won't retain any knowledge of it. <laughs> yeah, the, the sunset flip bomb thingy on the top rope was cool. Or the... Where, like, he that? did the flip out of it? Yeah, it's like a pinfall. But what's what's that pinfall called? Does the pinfall have a name? The roly poly deal. Yeah, it's like a prawn hold. No, the prawn hold's like where like you you grab the wrists and yeah. Um, I'm not sure what it's called. Yeah, but that into a bomb off the top, pretty cool move. That's that's my sole takeaway from this match. Yep, I really don't have much to say about this match at all. Grimes won stupid fifty fifty booking. That was my main takeaway. Yeah, I, like, well, I was like, how many times can we give out about it? <laughs> Every week we're going to come on here and say that mid-card stuff doesn't matter. For as long as they because mid-card stuff continues not to matter, we will continue to give out about mid-card stuff not mattering. Especially when you have Trevor Lee and Kushida in your mid-card. Like, that match should mean something. Uh, especially Kushida. Kushida should be the mid-card. Put that guy in the main event. He's the best wrestler on the roster. Why isn't he in, like, the North American title? Like, race. Oh, yeah, him and Roddy. Why are him and Roddy having matches? We have to have an open challenge. Who knows who will answer the open challenge, though? I probably won't watch it until, like, next next weekend. Not this weekend. The, week, the weekend after it airs. So, uh, who no knows? No professionalism. Well, we're not doing the podcast next week, so I don't have to watch it in a timely fashion. <laughs> we, have to, <laughs> we have to compare it to something else that aired at the same time. Yeah, we'll have to look at the, the cable and be like, Welcome to Wednesday War Games, where NXT takes on some fishing show on, on Destination America. Where NXT takes on some rerun of The Simpsons. Ooh, The Simpsons would probably win by default. Well, it'd be four episodes of The Simpsons, wouldn't it? Mm. Io Shirai mm. faced a wrestler that I do not like. For one simple reason, Liam, it leads mm. the commentary constantly saying my name. <laughs> It's upsetting. You just it's keep ups- looking like, oh, wait, are they talking to me, Mara? Are you talking to me directly? <laughs> it's like, Garrett, what? Garrett, what? <laughs> it's, it's, it's like the match was fine. It was mostly just squash for Yoshirai to pick up a win and I assume build up to her losing to somebody else. But Well, Garrett looked mm-hmm. much better in this match. D- d- see? D- d- stop it! <laughs> it's very upsetting. <laughs> uh, my favorite thing about this match was Mara literally screamed over Beth while she was trying to make a point. Oh, yeah, I literally wrote it down. Beth was mentioning that the inspirations of Santana Garrett were, were Victoria and Trish Stratus, and then Mario... Happy birthday to Trish Stratus! Literally, before, like, he didn't let her finish. And he's just like, happy birthday, Trish Stratus, I'm going to talk for another 30 seconds. We mentioned Steve Austin's birthday, too. 
And then Beth didn't get her point. <laughs> yeah, Beth just sat back in her chair, I'd imagine, and sighed. I like. I would be so annoyed to be on commentary with him. They're not a team. That's the problem. They're three people operating independently, talking over each other, and trying like... desperately to at least get some words in. <laughs> As I talk over you. Um, I think Nigel and Beth do try to work together. Mm. But they have a third booming voice constantly screaming <laughs> that they have to work around. Uh, God damn it, Mauro. Then we had another good Banks match. I thought this was a little on the lines of Kushida match where it's still cool stuff. I'm not into Travis yeah. Banks, I think I'm finding. <laughs> I think Travis Banks is a very hit or miss wrestler. Where some people are super into him and some people are not. Yeah, he didn't wear his cool silver boots this week, so I don't I don't have that hook either. I not I can't at least look at his cool silver boots for the match. I thought this was pretty good. And yeah, I've seen some is... good responses to it too. Yeah, the, like, all the wrestling on this show was good, even if I wasn't super into some of the matches. And Well, no, I can't objectively call Damien Priest and Killian Dane good, because that match destroyed my soul, even though <laughs> there's really nothing wrong with the match. It's just, I never want to see them wrestle again. But yeah, Pete and Travis Bags, they had a, a good match. The the Avalanche X-Plex looked real cool. That should have been the finish. You shouldn't have picked him up for another move. Should have just pinned him after it. Well, that's the WWE-isms of mm. your finish has to finish the match. Which is something that didn't happen on AEW this week. We'll get to that in a minute. But yeah, secondary moves, Liam. This is what television matches are for. Hell yeah. we got a couple of announcements. Uh, just on general point, though, I'm not really into Worlds Collide. And none of these matches have gotten me like, oh, Worlds Collide. This is a thing I'm excited for. Especially because, like, Pete Dun Like, you're putting him against Pete Dunne. <laughs> of all the people you're doing, like, oh, he's the NXT guy. It's like the guy who's been on, like... Uh, NXT UK as recently as I think June, maybe later. Also the longest reigning champion of the brand. Yeah, it's like, can you not find anybody else to have wrestle Travis Banks in a real cool match? Just put like Roderick Strong out there. And then Mara was like, showing allegiance to his former brand. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, it's like former? it's a brand. It's, a brand, it's like the Street Profits on Raw fighting for Raw against NXT, even though they were on NXT <laughs> two months beforehand. Not even two months. <laughs> How could people possibly care about this? Like, yeah. it, I, it, I can't. I mean, I'm just hoping that we'll get a cool Walter match. Mm. Who, who do you want? I want Walter versus... Shayna Baszler. Hell fucking yeah, I do. <laughs> and I wanted to win. Uh. Walter isn't booked well in this company anyway. Fuck it. <laughs> just give up on Walter. Just, like, use him to get anybody else over. Fuck yeah. I'm super into this now. If I don't get Shane of us, I'm going to be upset. Uh, next week, Roger Strong. got two announcements for her. Yeah, he, uh, he will issue a United States... The other one. Nash <laughs> North American title. There we go. There's far too many titles in the world now. A North American Championship Open Challenge because WWE loves their meaningless open challenges. Hey, we'll get a cool match out of it with like a random opponent, so I'm fine. I assume this was taped either this week or last week, so... I don't know who answered the open challenge, but I'm sure it's someone pretty good. I don't. Re I didn't read the taping, so. Mm -hmm. Leo Rush and Keith Lee will face Tony Nese and Damian Priest. Hey, where is Velveteen Dream? Injured, in theory. Like, actually injured? I don't know. He got beaten up by Undisputed Era, like, four years ago and never came back. <laughs> yeah, like, I just... It just hit me then. Like, where the hell has he been? Hmm. By the way, looking at that, uh, Keith Lee and Damian Priest on opposite sides of a tag match next week makes me think that's the program. I'm not sure how I feel about that, because I want... Keith Lee should be in the frickin' main event of whatever the next takeover is, beating stupid Adam Cole for the world title. Probably beat Roderick in the next takeover. <laughs> yeah. Woo, big push for Keith Lee leads to a mid-card belt. As it damn well should. <laughs> Our NXT main event, Rhea Ripley defeated Shayna Baszler for the NXT Women's Championship in a match that I think worked, but it's it's not the match I wanted them to have. I like this match. It was the complete opposite of the men's title match, because mm. instead of just being moves, 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 it told a really simple and effective story, I thought. And Rhea was, it was the story of just Rhea overcoming the assault in her arm and Shayna cheating, and yeah, it ended with a good moment, so I liked this a lot. This was simple, and it was happy, and I liked it. 
See, that's I think that's the reason I didn't love it because it's like it's the most boring WWE match type. It's like she's overcoming the odds. There's interference. There's ref bumps. The doctor is here. Will she continue? And I'm just like, ah, oh, it's it's the stupid NXT stories match or WWE stories match. It's a Triple H special, and it worked. I will not deny for a second that it worked because this crowd went crazy when she won. But it's like it's just the least interesting version of the match between these two. They're two badasses. I just wanted to see them fight instead of like underdog overcoming the odds because i don't think that's rare ripley yeah that, that that is probably a yeah i did find it weird when she was selling when she was on the ground screaming after getting her arm stomped on mm. i was like i don't want to ever see Rhea screaming like she's meant to be a badass she should be like trying to grit her teeth and like fight through it yeah but i also think that they're eventually going to go to they're gonna do this match again at the next takeover i assume so where she'll overcome the odds again in even no, more I think, sensational then she's fashion. the big badass and Shayna will have to overcome the odds. I'm slightly worried because there's like they're they're doing their standard super push for Rhea Ripley, and part of that super push is this kind of match. Because if you remember, like Roman Reigns is a great wrestler, but he constantly wrestled those battling from underneath, you know, uh, fighting against all odds matches, and it's like that's not him. Yeah, what I was gonna say, it's like it's a very similar thing where like instead of screaming on the ground, he should also be gritting his teeth and fighting back. Yeah, these should be badass ass kickers. They're like they're, sexy they're, badass these, rebel. These yeah, these people aren't the, the people that should be the selling for ninety percent of their match. It's the same thing with John Cena. Actually, people are like John Cena got real good in like twenty fifteen, and you know what happened? He went from being the guy who sold for ninety percent of his matches to the guy who knew he was the ace, and people had to earn beating him, and he suddenly became like three times better a wrestler. Imagine if that was his whole career. I know, like, imagine if from 2006 on he was doing that, when he should have been doing that. Uh, like, fair enough when he's wrestling Umaga. Yeah, I was, gonna, I was only gonna bring up, like, the one time that it did, that he flipped the formula and it worked, it was, like, the best match of the WWE decade. Yeah, he's like, he should, he should, like, when he flipped that switch, and he went from being guy who gets his ass kicked for 90% of the match to guy who people need to earn to beat, he became, like, three times a better wrestler. It's just like that, that, that tweak. And I don't think Roman Reigns was ever that wrestler, and I think they're giving Rhea Ripley as big a push as they can, and the way they give them pushes is this kind of stuff, this underdog overcoming odds. And as I said, tremendously effective, because this crowd went batshit insane when she won. But like, this crowd wanted her to win and probably would have went batshit insane when she won, regardless. As long as she won, I think they were going to get that reaction. I don't think the style of match had a lot to do with it. Yeah, but I would have liked a more interesting match, even if I cannot deny that it worked. I think we're going to get a more interesting match, so I'm willing to... Oh my god, have I started to develop faith? In NXT? In a WWE what? product? Oh, I'm scared. Hmm... But yeah, Rhea Ripley is NXT Women's Champion. Right call, she should have won the belt tonight. There's no reason she shouldn't have won the belt tonight, and she ah, did. Ah, correct calls in the main event of people who should win the belts. Glad that was, that'll was that be a theme, right? AEW Dynamite. Liam, let's talk about AEW on a high level. Because this is the last episode of AEW Dynamite of the year. This is their 12th episode of television. And I don't think this show knows what it is. It's... Maybe it's... A case of too many cooks. Mm. And everyone has a different idea of what the show should be, so it comes off jumbled. Or maybe it's an idea of maybe an idea of perception that fans have of what the show should be, and it's just not meeting that. Because I, I think it struggles to have an identity. That's that, that's what I was I was building toward. I don't oh, think sorry. this the, No, it's fine. Because it's what I want to talk about. I don't think this show knows what it wants to be. And I, I think fans have an expectation of what they want to be. And I think the marketing has set, a, set up an expectation of what people think it will be in terms of this is the alternative. This is something different from what the other company is doing. And it's kind of not. Yeah, I think some people went into this wanting it to be WCW. Mm -hmm. Some people went into this wanting it to be TNA with crazy budget. And some people wanted this to be New Japan USA. <laughs> and... It's none of that. It's like little pieces of it, but it's none of that as a collective. The thing it's probably closest to is TNA. Like, like I watch this show and it feels to me like good impact from like 2012. There's definitely parts of it where I'm like, this could just straight up be impact. 
Yeah, like there, there's, there's stuff on the show that just could be episodes of Impact in terms of like the match quality. Never like it's, it's never bad, but there's they rarely go for like big great matches on television the same way NXT tries to literally. I think every single match, never mind every like, week. This is like slightly off topic, but it is still centered in like I think Kenny himself is a good representative of the same disconnect as the show itself. Yeah, because I don't think Kenny knows what he should be. I think, and much like the show, I think fans have a perception of what they want Kenny to be. They want him to be New Japan Kenny here, but he's kind of like a weird a 2012 Impact Kenny, what he would be. You know what I mean? Like, I think that Kenny is a perfect representation of what, like, the same problems the show is going through. Yeah, it's like, the, the, the Kenny is like AJ Styles when AJ Styles didn't have a program. Yeah. He's just like wandering around the mid card, just kind of doing stuff. Fair enough, he's working at Page at the moment. And, but... and you know the thing is too, it's like AJ would get like a random fourteen minute match with like Chris Saban, and it would rule. <laughs> and like mm. Kenny gets a random fourteen minute match with Park, and it rules. Yeah, it's it's just it's a weird show. It's a weird show that I don't think knows what it wants to be, knows what it is. It, it, there's tonal whiplash left, right, and center when you go from like Chris Statlander and Britt Baker having a real serious match to then Brandy Rhodes comes out doing her Brandy Rhodes voodoo shtick, and you're like, "What is this show?" And like most yeah. of their angles, their angles I think always need an extra layer of polish. We'll get into that later in the show, and it's just like you can see the cracks, and it's still a good television show. And I think, yeah, this, I think this was a good television show. I still would say that like. Above, like, I, I'll watch this show and I'll be like, huh, that was weird. But it was still a better show than most other weekly wrestling TV shows, you know what I mean? But I think I think maybe that's a problem with expectations. Uh, like, it's, it's, I think it's kind of death by a thousand cuts. Yeah. It's like, it's usually, that's good, but. There's always, like, a little but in there. It's because we're out of the honeymoon period. I think we gave excuses for the first few weeks, and now we're like, "All right, now give us what we want. <laughs> give us the content." Yeah, I think people people got mad at a tweet I sent earlier. But I, I said, uh, "Shocking." I know people are mad online on the internet, but I sent the tweet. It looks like uh, tonight was the benefit of the doubt breaking point for a lot of folks with AW, and I think people took that the breaking point part of that too much, and not the benefit of the doubt part of too much. I think like the, in the last couple of weeks is the point at which you know the let it play out benefit of the doubt has has started to fade because like they've been doing television for three months now. There's the like they're not getting their feet wet and the shows aren't getting better. They're getting a little worse week by week. So it's it's like and I don't even think that's honeymoon period. I think the sh- I just think like the shows are just a little worse week by week. It's it's such a weird thing. Like. I... I don't because I don't even know if the shows are necessarily weaker each week or if it's just we're losing patience. <laughs> Maybe we are. Maybe we were willing. Like there was, there's certainly stuff I was willing to excuse that I, I have more of a problem now. Like twelve weeks, like finishes, still have a problem. The, the the match layouts are kind of a little weird on this show, but like the rest some of the is booking still, choices. <laughs> yeah, the booking choices not great. We'll get to that in the main event and even in the match in the middle of the show, but it's just. It's like there's weird spooky characters. See, I don't mind the spooky characters. Cause I think they dif- differentiate the spooky characters enough. Like I, like this was the first week where I saw something on the show that like actually made me pretty pissed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there's been foibles and there's been little bits and pieces that I was like, ah. But this was the first week I was like, that was stupid. I think this is the first week that I will flat out sit here and say AEW made the very wrong and a bad call in a booking choice. Yeah. Like, I, I think you, you can justify a lot of the booking choices, you can explain a lot of their booking choices, but, like, the Young Bucks shouldn't have lost. They, they absolutely no. shouldn't have lost. There's, there's like, no reason the Young Bucks should have... And, like, the pay-per-view program looks like it's going to be the Young Bucks against the Dark Order, which should be a title program. It's like, I was discussing like this on Twitter today, and I think the Young Bucks not winning in the main event killed the Dark Order's angle. I was, yeah, I was, I was, good. literally, I responded to you on Twitter, it's like, there was a fatal flaw in that segment, and there's two of them. But one of them is, that segment would have gotten over a lot more if the Dark Order attacked the Young Bucks after winning the tag titles. Yeah, if the Dark Order had have ruined their moment, ruined, like, you know, SU and the Bucks hugging, like, oh, we did it, blah, 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 and then they come in, like, that angle would have had... I, I think, at least, I can't prove this, it didn't happen, but I think that angle would have had way more heat to it. 
because they, they, they already had the, the crowd had the deflation of the Young Bucks losing. The Young Bucks losing in like like weirdly like definitive and awkward fashion. It just they just lost. It wasn't even like mm. the the, pin, the peak of the match. It's just like SEU hit their move in one, and everyone's like, okay. Well, I think part of that was too is like no one expected SEU to actually win. So like I think at, at any I think at any point that could have happened, they still would have been like oh. Yeah, so uh, the crowd were already down a little because the Young Wicks lost, and the Young Wicks should not have lost. And then the Dark Order attacked, and it's like, all right. And the attack wasn't, like, in theory, you know, they'd beat up every main babyface in the entire show. In theory, this should be a star-making angle, but it's just, like, weird minions attacking people. And, like, the, the big point of it is that two jobbers are in their stable now, and it's just like, what are we doing here? What's happening? I, I get why they went for it. I think they thought, because a lot of people were like, why did they even try this? And I was like, well, it's pretty obvious why they tried this. They toned it down, like, in the previous weeks leading up to this. They toned down the amount of, of time Dark Order was on television. Um, they did these vignettes. The vignettes were getting a very positive reaction online. And the last few times that Dark Order had actually been seen on TV, their reactions were getting stronger. We made note of this. And then they thought, I think they saw that and they're like, oh, now is the time that we can try and do the Dark Order push. And I think, honestly, I think if the Bucks had a one, it may have even worked. Yeah, my second fatal flaw with that is it shouldn't have been a main event show closing angle. No. Well, like, I don't think you could have closed this show anyway and people would have been happy. Because <laughs> it's like a big end of year because people expected something and like that's what they got. Yeah, they really should have had something. Let's, let's get into the show, I guess. Um, the Lucha oh, we, Rose. Don't, we don't need to run down the main event anymore. We've done the main event, basically. <laughs> yeah. The Lucha Rose defeated Kenny Omega and Adam Page after Adam Page accidentally hit Kenny Omega with the Buckshot Lariat in a, a pretty good... I'm not, I wouldn't even go very good match. I thought it was a pretty a good, enjoyable opener. It felt like it went a while. It did, and it felt it felt a little clunky, a little disjointed at times. It but the did feel was... a little dis- disjointed, didn't it? Yeah, it's just, just, just like steps off at times, and like the action was good, and it's the Lucha Bros. Like I don't think the Lucha Bros should ever have a match longer than twelve minutes. Yeah, unless it's a singles Phoenix match. Yes, the singles matches is fine. Both of them can have matches longer than twelve minutes singles, but as a tag, they I think they work best with compact, high energy, super duper sprints, and this was a, a, that just with an extra five minutes, I guess. Hmm. It's funny, it's like, this whole time we thought this was building to a Phoenix Omega match. And then Pentagon pinned him. And I was like, huh. Yeah, well, obviously the direction now is clearly Adam Page and Kenny Omega. Yes. Pac kidnapped Michael Nakazawa, so who who knows? (laughs) That was weird. Well, they never did anything. So does he just, does he still have him? Yeah, he's he's got him. He's going to murder him on being the elite. Yeah. Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, <laughs> actually, if you're watching the Fight TV th- uh, stream, Ugh. that segment became much weirder. Because it was like 10 minutes long. Because, uh, like, yeah, because Kenny went searching for him. Then for some reason, like, the Lucha Bros came back and beat up Kenny for a while. And then Paige made the save. And then they went searching some more. Yeah, I made I made the this, I wrote this note later on, but I'll just say it now. I love that the Lucha Bros gimmick is just that they're real dickheads. Yeah, they like beat people up. Like they don't they like not even just that they like beating people up. They like just being mean. <laughs> and they came in, they just bullied Christopher Daniels as well. Yeah, and poor Daniels is like, oh, <laughs> I am old, and I am oh, recognized. I landed this. on my head. Yeah, it's, so it looks like. Kenny and Pac still has this. I, I, I kind of don't like that AEW has everyone having like three programs at once. It's yeah. I started feeling that towards the middle of the show with the Jericho promo. Hmm. I was like, oh yeah, maybe I should be getting more hyped for the world title feud. But the, John Moxley wasn't even on this. I think was this the first episode of Dynamite that just flat out didn't feature John Moxley in any capacity. Yeah. Yeah. Kenny Omega's feuding with Pac and feuding with. Page Cody is feuding with Darby, MJF, and the Butcher and the Blade. Um, the Bucks, I guess, feuding with guess everyone. They, yeah, pretty much everybody. It's just like it's pick a lane, guys. Maybe that, mate. You know what? Yeah, we were like we're trying to work out like why this show is so disjointed. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe they just need to pick a lane. They really do. Uh, which leads us into Cody and Darby Allen versus the Butcher and the Blade. Which has uh, me coming to the unfortunate conclusion that QT Marshall is better than Darby Allen. Yeah, that's the only all that 
Oh, that Darby and QT would have had a five-star match. Because the match last week was better. And the, the only difference is, is QT was there and Darby wasn't. So I'm, I'm sorry. That's that's the only reasonable conclusion to come to. QT Marsh is a better wrestler than Darby Allen. Unfortunately, I missed most of this match due to funky internet shenanigans. You couldn't have at any stage watched it in the, like, six hours between... <laughs> Listen, I didn't exactly feel compelled to. Uh, yeah, it was a pretty... It was it was good, again. It was good. <laughs> yeah, and then the most notable thing that came out of this was Butcher and the Blade lost and Cody versus Darby 2 was happening January 1st. Yes, and uh, Cody won with a springboard cutter, which was cool. The Oscar cutter. Sorry, yes. the Cody cutter. It's the Cody cutter. It's a double springboard. It's totally different. He uses one foot to spring to the front instead of two. I'm excited for Cody and Darby. That should be a fun match again. I hope it goes to a 30-minute draw this time. The, the, like, why aren't any of these people main eventers? <laughs> I just... I think... You know what I think it is? What? We just need to split up the elite for real. <laughs> they need to be individuals with individual goals. I think the stars on this show need to be pushed. Yeah, like, I think a lot of people were concerned that, like, the executive EVPs, they were going to push themselves too strongly, but then they didn't push themselves at all, and it became an issue. Because, yeah, it's one thing to make new stars, but, like, I don't even think they're really, like, I don't want to, because I think they've done a good job of helping elevate Darby, and, like, they did a good job on the show of helping elevate Jungle Boy, but they're not really pushing any of those people. Yeah, they're just guys that are having matches. They're helping the crowd get a little more invested in them, but they're, like, they're, there's not a plan for Darby to, I don't think, win the world title anytime soon. Whereas, like, Kenny Omega is just, just kind of, like, languishing there, and the Young Bucks are losing all the time. <laughs> it's like, okay, this was fine for the first month. Now we're three months in. Mm. Let's start getting into the serious portions of this. Let's start using the stars that we have. I think we've like we've reached a stage where beating the Young Bucks doesn't mean anything at AEW after three months. It's it's pretty astounding. Yeah, Cody and Darby when they face each other on January first. Brandy, Brandy, we got double Brandy on this show, which is just like a single Brandy. Like uh, one of the bright spots of the women's division was that Brandy Rhodes had a very tiny role for the first like two months, and then the last month has just been all Brandy. I just. <laughs> like the women's champion hasn't been on television in a month fair enough she's over in stardom but they haven't mentioned that they could like they just have to mention that Rio is on tour in stardom and she'll be back on the first of the year hey but she it, showed it just... up she was here oh yeah she was here but it feels like she just like disappeared like for the yeah. last month she's just been gone with no explanation uh, I I think Brandy's killed me yeah Kong won a squash with the implant buster she didn't even give her the awesome bomb and Brandy comes out and cuts a lame promo. Yeah. And when it, I've decided that whenever Brandy starts speaking out in the arena, I just, I don't want to watch the show anymore. <laughs> I, I, it's very weird that, like, I think all of her pre-tapes are really good and all of her live in the arena promos are insufferable. I don't know what the difference is. Uh, maybe I'm, she uh, does, like, 7,000 takes of the pre-tapes until she nails it. I don't know. I'm also just really sick of her promo cadence. Mm. She does. She does her very act. She chews the scenery as much as one can chew the scenery. I will talk like this, and then I will say this, and then I will say this. It's a very WWE promo, isn't it? It's uh, it just kind of I don't know. It really saps any interest I have whenever she's speaking. The Jr. interview, Jungle Boy, Jungle Boy Jack Perry. I'm sorry. It's Jack Perry, Jungle Boy Jack, Jungle Ah, what's his name? It doesn't matter. Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara came out to do a bit about picture in picture. This was great. Do you know what the funniest thing is? They cut the second screen on TNT. Did they? Oh my god. What I think happened was Jericho came out, Guevara came out, had the cue cards. Uh, so that the people on picture in picture could see it, and I'm pretty sure they cut out the screen just as they started doing the the cue cards. <laughs> That's great. Also, Semi Guevara's nickname is getting more explicit every week. Yes, he is. He is. He's the Spanish god. No, no, he's a Spanish sex god. Understandable. I was. My favorite thing about this was they were burying Texas, and like Sammy's from Texas. Yeah. He's from Houston, not Corpus Christi, though. They were burying Corpus Christi mostly. No, at one point, 
Jericho just straight up said that people in Texas can't read. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah they, get, they can't. Jericho, once again, one of the highlights of the show. Speaking of, Chris Jericho and Jungle Boy, the 10-minute portion of this match was a damn fine piece of business. It was exactly what it should have been, where Jericho dominated, Jungle Boy got all his shit in, took him to the limit, and then Jericho locked him in the walls of Jericho for 90 seconds, and Jungle Boy fought, and he fought, and he fought, and he survived the time limit. And everyone's like, woo, Jungle Boy. I didn't like the post-match as much because I thought it was clumsy, but the actual match itself was as, as exactly what it should have been as it could possibly have been. It's like, it was predictable, but predictable in the right way. Yeah, it worked. Yeah, it's like, like we all knew this is what that was going to be. We all knew what that last spot was going to be. And they executed it to perfection. Mm. And Jericho, like, wrenching it in even meaner at the end. Yeah, I didn't like the post-match as much, because, like, I thought it was just weirdly executed. That it's like, oh, he demands five more minutes, and then, like... The ring bell rings, or he gets in the ring, Jungle Boy hits him with a rana, and, like, Aubrey Edwards counts a two-count, and Jericho just yeah. leaves. And it's like, why did the referee count if it wasn't the match? And why did you ring the bell if it wasn't the match? Like, they should have done one of two things. Aubrey should not have counted any pins in the overtime, or they should have just counted Jericho out. Yeah. But then Jericho would have another loss. But everyone would know it's a count-out loss, and then you could justify doing Jungle Boy again, because he, he walked out when the tough got going. Uh, this just seemed like a really weird side feud to have, and it just, it I don't know, kind of just a waste. I'm, I'm, like it, it, the match was good and it established Jungle Boy. Some, but again, like they're not going to be pushing Jungle Boy, which might be my frustration with this when it when it comes three weeks down the line and Jungle Boy has done nothing meaningful. Yeah, like if this transitions into like a feud with Sammy or something, and you can make me care about it, then sure. Or maybe the the Jurassic Express. Uh, tag title match at the thingamabob what's the, the next show at revolution no they're, no, they're, they're nowhere near the tag title scene but who, who are SCU's challengers going to be they're gonna, it's going to be the, um, the Dark Order no that, that's the Young Bucks no the Dark Order are going to beat the Young Bucks on their way to challenging SCU for the tag titles they'll beat them for the tag titles and then um, the Bucks will fight back and they'll challenge at the next pay-per-view I don't know I think Young Bucks Dark Order is a pay-per-view match they, they specifically like the, the way they laid those people out it felt like the Young Bucks and Dark Order was the program, not uh, Dark Order and SEU. We will see. We shall see indeed. But yeah, this this is one of those segments that just needed a little polish. It's like, well, like, why did the referee count a pin? You know, someone should have asked that question, and then they should have come up with an answer. And I think there's a pretty easy answer. It's like she doesn't count it, uh, and then Jericho runs away. Or uh, she does count it, and you count Jericho out. You have to do one of those things. Or what we've learned here is that um, Justin Roberts is the secret GM of AEW. Yeah, he's he's the matchmaker clearly. The 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 bell ringing has this omnipresent and like they did explain it in the uh, in the main event. They're like, oh, the 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 back half of that didn't count, but it's like it sh- it should be clear in the moment. You shouldn't have to explain that. Yes, what a weird show. Yeah, but the, like the match was really good, like like really really good. It was the 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 ten minutes of the wrestling match was like the perfectly executed form of what that match should have been. And there's a big Hager and Luchasaurus brawl at ringside, building to them having <laughs> Marco dying. Yeah, Marco died, and like everything in the ten minutes of the wrestling match was great. And like they just needed to sit there and polish that angle once or twice so that it worked. Mate, you know how like. The whole selling point of this company was the wrestlers just get to do whatever. Maybe mm-hmm. the wrestlers shouldn't get to do whatever. Maybe we should have some, some firm as like sit down and hey, this is the plan. There should like there should always be someone there to say no. Like something like some things require saying no, and some things require you saying like, Yo, Kenny, you should be you should be winning. <laughs> some things require hey, Kenny, <laughs> you, we should be building you up to face the mocks for the title at All Out. Yeah. And maybe they are. And, like, if the Young Bucks on Dark Order is the direction, like, the Young Bucks shouldn't be losing again. This is... I don't know. Who who would have thunk that we would be sitting here going, the EVPs aren't winning enough? <laughs> they're, they're not. They're the biggest stars in the show. And, like, the only the only person I think they've used well to establish other wrestlers is Chris Cody. Jericho. And Cody. Well, but, like, no. Who has he been used to establish? Darby? I guess. MJF? Well, even, like, I think Darby gained more from the... the well, MJF hasn't wrestled Cody yet. But uh, Darby gained more, I think, from the Jericho match. Than the, the I would think Cody MJF match. has gained something from the feud, though. Yeah, but he only kicked him in the ball. He wasn't even on this show! No, well, he, he said he had taken a vacation. He will be back in Jacksonville. On Twitter, of uh... course. The most important place. Where, where, like, where half of this feud is being told. 
where most of these stories come from on Twitter. Uh, oh. Number one contendership, baby! I feel like we've <laughs> like I, 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 people are like, oh, you shouldn't be talking about the you know you're nitpicking, you're nitpicking. It's like good content should hold up better to greater scrutiny. Like like great stories get better the digger the, the the deeper you dig, you know. Like the, like the, if if something is really good, the longer you talk about it, the better it should become because you'd be like, oh, this is the nuance of what makes that great. This is how these things connect, and so people be like, oh, you shouldn't nitpick. But like the more we go, we dig deeper into the show, the more I'm like, oh, this this show was just rough. Like digging deep is great. It's half the fun in this. Like and I was like, like you know what we had the most fun discussing on this show? What? Kenny Omega's New Japan Love Diary video. Yeah. Which meant because nothing. that had history. <laughs> it means nothing in the long run, apparently. But we had so much fun. We spent like ten minutes on that one segment. You did. You, you were in your element in that. Discussing Kenny Omega New Japan stories. Yes. Yes. Uh, Britt Baker lost to Chris Statlander in a number one contendership match with Chris Statlander. Full face Rio on when's that? January first. Hey, Garrett. Yes. This match kind of sucked. It was kind of bad, alright? This was easily Chris Statlander's worst effort in AEW. I liked the last minute of it. <laughs> Actually, I don't even think Britt was that bad in this match. There wasn't, like, moments where I was like, oh, These didn't really connect. Yeah, it's just like... I they, feel. The, the, the match didn't really get over, and, like, they didn't do really anything wrong, but they didn't really do anything particularly interesting either. Statlander wasn't over to the mm. level that um she has been at other venues. I noticed. She didn't get much of a pop. Honestly, maybe it was just too soon to put Statlander at the top of the division. Well, uh, I'd imagine she'll lose the Rio. She probably should lose the Rio, but... That match is gonna fucking be sick, though. Yeah, they should have a real good match. Then that should be... I think by the time Chris loses to Rio, she'll have established a really good position in the division. Yeah. Yeah, this match wasn't great. And then after the match, Brandy. Oh, I don't even wanna. Just like no. I'm just like, what do we have to say about it? Like it's bad, and but like it's it's bad in a weird way where we can't really say why it's bad. It's just not fun to watch. Yeah, Brandy just hit her with a shoe. It's just like it's just not interesting. It's not particularly good. It's like it's not building to a match I'd be interested in. You know, at, at least the Dark Order against the Young Bucks should be a good wrestling match, and I can at least excuse that somewhat. But, like, Brandy, I'm just like, ugh. Oh, we forgot to mention Jericho cut a promo on Moxley. It was basically just like, hey, Mox! It was nothing! Like, it was nothing! Yeah, it was just a reminder to the audience that that's a story they're telling. And they'll pay it off in January, on, on the 1st of January. And then we got the great main event. <laughs> I, the With... match was, it was a good match. Yeah, it was, it, a was a, match. it was a, I thought it was a pretty good, um, like, PWG mid-card tag match. Yeah, until it kind of just ended out of the blue. I thought, yeah. like, oh, this is really good. Because it ended with five minutes left in the show, so they could do the angle. And, it, like, in my head, I was like, oh, a hot five minutes at the end of this match, and this will be a really good title match. And, well, no. no, it just ended five minutes before the top of the hour. And then we had our Dark Order ending. I think people have been, a little, like, a tad hysterical when it comes to the Dark Order. It's like, yeah, I thought this, like, like I, I said to you the thing, I thought it was actually pretty sick of an idea. Mm. It's just, yes. I don't think, like, I think they did everything they possibly could to make it come off as poorly as possible. Yes. Like, I'm... Um, Garrett, you know me, and I love my nit, like not nitpicking, but my investigating of these kind of angles and d- d- digging in deeper than I should. Mm-hmm. Um, you noticed that the Beaver Boys were given purple masks during the match, uh, during the angle. Were they different from the other masks? They were different from the other masks. Is it just because they ran out of masks? <laughs> I think it's to signify that they are above the nerds, that they are actual wrestlers. But there was one other man in that beatdown that had a purple mask. And it was Marty Skrull. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it was Brandon Cutler. Well, he's, he's a suitable gamer nerd. He's, he's right he's, up there. But he's turning on his friends. Betraying the elite. The elite versus the, the, the big Dark Order feud of the Dark Order. Alex Beaver Reynolds. Boys and Brandon yeah. Cutler versus <laughs> the Bucks the and Kenny. <laughs> That's where we're going, baby. Oh boy! I wonder yeah. who won this week, Garrett. There's yeah, this this like AW. Get your shit together, AW. Come on, like they have two. Come on, weeks. we're rooting for you. They have two weeks to to sit down and think 
very long and very hard about what they want this show to be, what they what this show should be from a tone perspective, from a content perspective, assess the last 12 weeks of television and say, look, we, we haven't done a great job of keeping our audience for the last 12 weeks and maybe there is some problem in how we're presenting our bigger stars. And Just we need find to address an ident- that. Find an identity. Find yeah. something to stick to. They should, it just should be New Japan. That's It should be New Japan. It should be New Japan. <laughs> Why is it just New Japan? To be fair, it, it should just be like Ring of Honor before Ring of Honor shit the bed. <laughs> mm, well, Ring of Honor had a bad television show too, so maybe it is Ring of Honor before Ring of Honor shit the bed. HGNet was good. How dare you? I don't even. I don't even think this was a terrible show. But as I said, as you yeah, just, it was a real good six point five out of ten. It's death by a thousand cuts. As you just poke the holes and poke the holes and poke the holes, it eventually just crumbles apart. Do you remember that um one NXT week that we talked and you were like, I liked this show more before we started discussing it. Yeah, this is kind of the same thing. As I said, if it doesn't hold up to greater scrutiny, uh, it should. It yeah. But you know what it is, though? It's like, despite all of this, and despite all, like, the nitpicking that we have throughout the show, I'm still bummed out that there's no Dynamite next week. (laughs) You'll have to spend Christmas with your family. And every week, I'm still way more excited to watch Dynamite than I am to watch NXT. Because NXT is just, like, you might get a couple good matches, but it's still a show that doesn't make me feel anything. And I think Dynamite Mm. at its best still makes me feel a lot. Including anger this week, apparently. Whoop whoop, whoop whoop, Garrett. Whoop whoop. There will never be a whoop whoop. You have to watch NWA Power for your whoop whoops. I will never watch NWA Power. Which show did you prefer? Actually, no, match of the week first. Match of the week, Liam. Um, Adam Cole versus Finn Balor. I will also go Adam Cole versus Finn Balor. Which show did you prefer? Before I say that, Finn Balor had dumb gear. He's a big stupid X on his tights now. Yeah, what was with the X? Why is he an what's is he an X-Men? I guess. And it was like and did you see like his new Titantron has the word Prince in it a bunch now? Just, just call him Prince Balor, drop Finn. Or just come up with your own ideas. Just call him Prince Devitt. <laughs> Cowards. <laughs> just come up with your own thing for Finn Balor. Yeah, fuck you, NXT. Also NXT you won this week. Uh yeah, NXT. And by the way, for the first time in the history of Rapoleum, <gasps> NXT won 60-40. I clapped again. <laughs> do you do love your clapping? There, I don't even the, mean to do it. It's like instinctive at this point. Um, yeah, because there was the week where it was really close. It was like fifty-one forty-nine, but AW still scraped it. And this is this is the first week that NXT outright victory by ten by twenty percent. So now while we're still on air, Gary, <laughs> award show. Yes. What are we doing? <laughs> uh, we'll do rest of the year. We'll do tag team. We'll do show. But keep in mind, these are only for the TV portions of the year. And, and only for the period in which they were head-to-head as well. So the the yes. weeks of NXT that did not go head-to-head with AEW do so, not count. Also, do not count Adam Cole versus Daniel Bryan. Do not yeah. count War Games or Full Gear. Or AEW Dark. Or AEW Dark. Or NXT house shows that you went to. This is only the or that one games. DDT tag match that Kenny and Riho did. It's just TV. Yeah, we're, we're crowning. Well, we'll probably do best wrestler. We'll do best tag team. We'll do best show, and we'll work it out after that. Probably best match. There we go. There's four the, awards we will we will give out. There'll be a survey monkey. <laughs> we'll we'll do no uh, maybe yeah we'll see. <laughs> There'll be a way for you to vote. Uh, sure. Yeah, that's 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 it. Where can people find you on the internet, Liam? Just find me. Yeah, go to Australia. Yeah, find me in person. <laughs> Meet me in the Melton and the Molten Roads. Yes, in the 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 thirty degrees Christmas heat. Good God, what's wrong with that's not the way Christmas should be. Don't you Christmas shame me? I will Christmas shame your. Garrett, house what are you here. gonna get for Christmas? Um, I don't know. I don't, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> wow. All right. We'll see, Don't we'll have see. any inklings of what Santa Claus is gonna give you. See what my my brothers get me because we, we're all very nice to each other at Christmas. What are you gonna get me for Christmas, Garrett? Uh, I was gonna get you an action figure, but they already sold them. 
Ooh, what action figure are you going to get me? It was Remember the New Japan ones? I was going to get you. Oh, yes, you told me. I have one thing that I look out for you for, like, all year, every year. Right. But I can't, I've still yet to find it. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if I should tell you or not. Well, some someday it'll be there, and then you can get it from me, I guess. Yes. But I feel like I'm teasing the audience. Uh, well, th- 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 this show, it's a real war now, so this show will probably run and run, Liam. Yeah, one day I'll let you know what the gift I look for Garrett is. I'll post in the Discord because he doesn't check, and then <laughs> someone can find it for me, and I'll buy it. I, I, hey, I check the Discord, like, twice a week. I check it daily. I post the Daily's poll. place where you can find AEW Dynamite on the 1st of January for the homecoming episode. Which will be our next episode. There we go. That's That ties it all together. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at WarGamesPod where you can vote in the poll. You can follow me on Twitter at GarrettKidneyGeoRDTKIDNY. Where you can find viral tweets. I didn't send any this week because I was just lying in bed watching the show because I was tired. Hangman took your spot. I know. Yeah. If I if I had seen it, I would have just replied to last week's tweet and it would have run great numbers. But goddammit. Numbers, Liam. We live for the numbers. If you would like more elite coverage on your Voices Wrestling Podcasting Network, you will see everything elite. The group of the elite? They they, they, they talk all about it. And they have a Patreon, too. Go support them on Patreon. We don't have a Patreon, but you can support everything elite on Patreon. Our, our Patreon would just be Naruto reviews. Yes. Da, 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 da. You can also find Shake Them Ropes on the Voices Wrestling Podcasting Network every weekend. Uh, thanks for listening, and bye-bye.